Manifest. I don't want to talk about Manifest in Riverdale anymore, guys. I don't. <sighs> this last week, I did not initially recap Manifest because it was like mm-hmm. the Super Bowl and then it was Iowa Caucus and I was gone. It's like, and I hate it. And I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to do it. And then that guy emailed me. Oh, no. He's like, hey, man, I'm just waiting on your recap. <laughs> Welcome to Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba contributor Dan Hamamura, and with me, as always, are Pajiba TV editor Tori Preston. Hello. And Pajiba content czar Dustin Rolls. Oh, hi, Dan. Hello. Thank you. Um, it's just us this week, uh, so we're back to our normal, uh, normal triumvirate. <laughs> Uh, what did you throw away on your computer? <laughs> I, I, I don't Justin, know why sound do? is coming from a computer all of a sudden. <laughs> did you screw up, up already? No, we're like, I was we're like just, two. We're like two minutes in. We're not I even was two minutes fiddling. in. I was randomly throwing things oh away. Oh my god! Oh okay. my god! Just cleaning up his desktop. That's right. Because <sighs> now uh, is the time to do that. <laughs> well, hopefully, Dustin's Dustin won't suddenly disappear. But um, there is a train. I like the wheel. I'll just stop talking. I can't hear it. You can't hear the train? No, because you're wearing headset now. Yeah, your headset mic doesn't Go allow stand us. outside. <laughs> no, no, no. When he moves, that's when it disappears. You just sit there and not move and don't touch anything. Dustin, we're going to need you to go back to the old setup where you lay all the way down and just put the mic on, that on your setup, stomach. We, we, could hear the, uh, we could hear the train in that setup, I feel like. Yeah, um, and we're here for the train. Yeah. Uh, the main shows, uh, big shows that premiered this week were uh, Mythic Quest, or at least for us, Mythic Quest on Apple Plus and Lock and Key on Netflix. Uh, so we'll talk about those. We'll talk about some other shows. and uh, But first, uh, very quickly, what's everyone drinking? Tori? Um, I'm really excited this week. I went to Trader Joe's, and I talked to Ooh. the nice man at Trader Joe's, and he recommended... An $8 bottle of uh, Pinot Noir Rosé called Ocaline that looks very fancy. It looks like something that, like, a 16-year-old would would buy with her fake ID. (laughs) Um, But the best part was that the guy at Trader Joe's recommended it by saying it was, quote, surprisingly decent, which is literally all I look for in a wine. (laughs) I had a very similar experience, except I went online and, like, looked up what are the best Trader Joe wines under Uh $10. And I got a Chateau St. Michel this week. Ooh. A vintage 2017 Chardonnay. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, as for me, I'm drinking... Uh, I, I went back and got the same Icelandic white ale because I decided I liked it. Um, so it's Einstock. <laughs> Icelandic white ale brewed with coriander and orange peel. Oh, that sounds delightful. Ooh, yeah. yes. And the, uh, the, the guy on their logo looks like the Minnesota Viking. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of Minnesota Vikings, I don't have a segue. Yeah, uh, joke, but <laughs> no, this is not a political podcast. No. Um, I don't know. Vikings are manly. You know who else are manly? Firefighters. Firefighters are manly. You know where you can see firefighters on television. I do. Besides, not Chicago Fire and not the no. Station Nineteen. No, but 
Uh, Tori. Nine one one Lone Star. That's right. And actually, Dan, you don't even know this, but your segue was incredibly appropriate this week because the theme of the episode was penises. Um, <laughs> well, probably like probably masculinity more in general, but there was a lot of dick talk. Okay. Not that they ever said penis or dick or anything. At one point, uh, um, Rob Lowe's penis is referred to repeatedly as his unit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, his uh, erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. is discussed as being. Um, there's like a whole metaphor about soldiers and then patriots. a rocket. Yeah, patriots and a, a rocket that fails to launch. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on, but uh, that's all in the personal drama. Okay. In the emergencies, uh, there is a fire at a bull semen factory. Which leads to a lot of explosions, uh, right. and that that was that should have been the big one. That was kind of like the one I've been waiting on because I wanted. Well, I was hoping somebody would get gored, but uh, you know, <laughs> bull semen is is flame, flaming cans of bull semen is fine. <laughs> but my favorite emergency was at a strip club where there are stripper firemen. And a fight breaks out between two parties of women, uh, a birthday party and a bachelorette party. And the bachelorette's tiara gets shoved through the cheek of the birthday girl. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Because sexy firemen are sexy. They're so sexy that they they caused a fight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. And then there was another one where it was a literally, it was like toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity, but literal. Yes. An incel <laughs> takes too much arthritis medicine. And then uh, uh, Liv Tyler gives him some other meds and it reacts poorly. And he starts emitting a garlic scented sulfur like sulfate cloud that poisons everyone in the ambulance and it rolls over. Um, so it's, it's, it's an incel who literally was chanting at a, uh, at a protest. Masculinity is not a crime. So just in case you didn't <laughs> understand. Like, I have not enjoyed Lone Star, but this was a very enjoyable episode. Yeah. These are all the same episode. This is, and this also, all happened tonight. This happened okay. an hour ago. You'll appreciate this, Dan. Uh, Natalie Zaya was on this episode as like Rob Lowe's brief love interest. I don't know if she'll be back or not. But. Oh, oh okay. she's a professor of psychology with a specialty in human, uh, human sexuality. Yes. And she proceeds to explain to him uh, that masculinity doesn't need to be performative uh, to make him feel better about him not being able to get his uh, rocket to launch. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Joy. Um, my my favorite part though is they met <laughs> at like hot whatever some beauty shop like a high end Sephora, and he starts uh, criticizing her choice in beauty products. As and he would, as he would, because he's super into you know whatever. He's right. very vain. But I thought it was really fascinating <laughs> because it starts out like he's negging her. Like, it's a pickup artist thing, but he's mm-hmm. not. He's literally just mansplaining humectants to her. Like, no, that'll clog your pores. <laughs> I don't know why, but it was actually, like, great. <laughs> like, yes, please, mansplain moisturizer to me some more. Um, yep, so you yep. have, so this week's episode, you had a bull semen, ex- bull semen explosion. Yes. Uh, you have a fight at a strip club with, uh, firefighter strippers. Yep. And you have an incel who... Wait, why did he take 
arthritis medicine? So he had this weird disease that it's sort of like an extreme form of arthritis, and it causes like uh, some sort of crystallization in the joints. Oh, so okay. it's very painful. So then he mm-hmm. takes well, a bunch of this crazy med. Really paid attention to this episode. <laughs> I take. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but nine one one is like kind of my job. <laughs> I literally take notes, <laughs> and then I look up the disorders later. <laughs> I watched this episode like two minutes ago, and I don't remember how it was done. <laughs> yeah, they explain it, sort of. Um, I need to look it up. I forget what it's called. It's called like PTSD. Not PTSD. It was like there was some name for his specific disorder. But mm-hmm. then it, it all becomes because then Liv Tyler blames herself for not realizing that whatever oxygen she pumped into him when he had a seizure, that it was going to react with his medicine. So right. she took the blame for everything. But it was he was a... He was toxically masculine. <laughs> but it was also great because it just, the whole like lead up to it was everyone being like, oh, goddamn incel. And then being like, you smell like garlic and like making fun of him. But then like, that's the key to figuring out why he's like, everyone's passing out around him. <laughs> but yeah, apparently, so the message that 911 is sending is that uh, involuntarily celibate men smell like garlic. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's a real progressive show. It's really breaking boundaries. (laughs) I'm learning new things uh, every day, including just now, listening to you (laughs) describe this show. I'm really looking forward to writing this recap. (laughs) (laughs) And I am looking forward to reading it. Um, So that's all that happened on 911 Lone Star. All right. So this is one that I should probably go back and and check out, because I've kind of missed a couple. Yeah, you you did. Yeah. You do not need to watch anything else. I mean, how do you feel about bull semen? If you feel like that is a topic that can stand on its own. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my, my, the thing that shocks me is that there was so much more beyond the bull semen. I was just assuming that would be it. Yo. Yeah. No, this show does not rest on its laurels. Right. (laughs) If there is more to be had, it it will do more. (laughs) Um, Would you like to talk about center uh, briefly? (laughs) Well, I'd like to talk about I, Manifest, but, you know. No. Uh, apparently, <laughs> we're not allowed to talk about Manifest anymore. I'm, so. off, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a break from Manifest. Okay, okay so our, instead our you're going... is bad enough right now, So instead, I don't need that. So, so just to understand, Dustin, instead okay, of okay, telling us about go. Manifest, you're, <laughs> going to, uh, you're going to invent a new show, which you uh-huh. say is on the USA Network, Correct. called Sinner, and I'm doing mm-hmm. the air quotes because... There's no way this is real. Um, it, in fact, is in its third season. See, Wait, now I season? know you're lying. <laughs> I thought this was the one with Jennifer Beale. That, Jessica Beale. And that was the first season, but she produces it. So here's the first season had Jessica Beale. Right. Okay. Uh, the second season had uh, Carrie Coon. It and, did? Yes. And Tracy Letts. What? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I did not And the not third know. season is Matt Bomer and Chris Messina. See, I told you that guy was in it. Yeah, That's yeah. where Matt Bomer's been. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the through line and all the the character, the recurring character in all three seasons is Bill Pullman's Harry Ambrose. He's a detective. Uh, all three seasons follow the same structure, which is kind of interesting. Basically, what happens is the main character kills someone. The mystery is not whether or not that character killed someone, but why. And the character doesn't you don't really understand the motivations and uh, basically takes the entire season to sort of unfold a huge conspiracy. And in this season, Matt Bomer is the main character and he kills Chris Messina. And now we have to figure out why. 
was Chris Messina platinum blonde? Yeah. No, he was not. Oh. That's um, my only question. But he, uh, <laughs> Messina will be seen, it, even though he is dead, he'll be seen in flashbacks throughout the season. So it's kind of, you know, they're a good pair. So this is like, this is kind of their answer to Fargo? Oh, I don't know. Is that fair or not? No, it's more of a horror. The first season was sort of horror. There's not a supernatural element to it, but it's, um, I don't, the second season had a cult, and I don't know what's going on with the season. Uh, It's just conspiracies. Okay. Um, Sort of horror-esque. So it's like detective novels where you have the same detective that somehow just keeps getting on to really crazy cases. Only it's Bill Pullman and and other crazy cases. Yes. But it's actually, the first season was great. The second season was not great, but it was fine. It had Carrie Uh, Coon, so it was fine. Right. Um, And then this third season, it's it's too early to say. Mm. But um, most people think that it's actually on Netflix because that's the only place anybody watches it. Oh, so that people makes sense. Are like Netflix is centering. No, Netflix actually yes, So just to bring everything full circle. Yes. Did There's no Chris Messina. <laughs> did Chris Messina's body have a rat in it when they found it? No. That but, seems like a real missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. It was actually pretty disgusting because he like uh, he got thrown through a windshield. And he was, like, lying there with, like, a huge stomach laceration. And Matt Bomer basically watched him bleed out. Ooh. And we don't know why. He does have the the eyes of a sociopath. Like that that, that empty stare that kind of hypnotizes (laughs) you with his cheekbones. But then also, you know, yeah, he could definitely be reaching for your throat while you're distracted. Wow, for yes. a second I thought you were talking about Killian Murphy, and I got really excited. I mean, it's it's a, it's a similar, it's an adjacent kind of stare. Uh, yeah. It's a, they, there's a vibe. Cheekbones yeah. and eyeballs and, <laughs> and menace. So, Dustin, would you, uh, since neither of us have seen the show, clearly, <laughs> and we're not sure it exists. It's, it's you could on be the making third it season, supposedly. Um, but... Uh, do you recommend it? What's your like? I would uh, recommend watching the first season, and if you like it, then skip to the third. Okay. Even though Carrie Coon's in the second, <laughs> you don't have to have seen the first or second season. They're they're self-contained stories. Okay. Um, uh, meanwhile, I also saw a show called Interrogation. Mm-hmm. It is on CBS All Access. Um, it has Kyle Dahlner in it. As and um. The show is like a really interesting premise. Um, it uh, uses case, actual real case files about a particular, I think, a serial. No, I don't know if it was a serial. It, it was about a particular murder. And a guy played by Kyle Gallner is uh, arrested and convicted for the murder of his mother. But in, in subsequent years, um, other people try to uh, go back and, 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 and um, reinvestigate the case to find out who the real killer is. Yeah, I, like I remember hearing about it because the original case, or, or at least the way the show is presenting it, it spans like 30 years. Right. So it's like a cold, so it's not necessarily serial killer, but it's like a cold case situation where it's people like digging back into the facts after decades and mm-hmm. trying to like 
put the pieces together in different order or something. Right. And so, like, uh, in each episode, there's, like, a different detective working on it. Um, Peter Sarsgaard was the original detective, and he's the guy that put Kyle Gallner away, and everybody's seeing uh, the other detectives come in and assume he's, like, a crooked guy. Like, the next episode that I saw had um, Vince, not, no, not Vince, uh, uh, SVU uh, guy. D'Onofrio. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I guess each uh, episode will provide some more clues. And then at the end, you can watch the first ten episodes immediately, but I think they're going to hold off the last episode for a couple of weeks so everybody can catch up and try to guess to find out who the actual killer is, even though the case in real life is unsolved. Right. So you can, but I think the other key mm-hmm. is you can watch the episodes in any order, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So you can watch them. And I don't yet know how that is going to, if that's going to annoy me. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you watched the first two, is that yes, right? Yes. Okay. It's pretty good. Pretty good. How did it compare to CBS All Access's other flagship show, Picard? <laughs> card i'm still behind and i've only seen the first which i love <laughs> but you I'm, know that that we're on I, I believe that there are three episodes in now yeah. i know but toy gave me homework and i'm watching <laughs> other star trek Look, don't, shows don't lay that all on my doorstep that homework came from me and our producer seth oh seth um, yes so you can right. reach him on Twitter at, yep. at lovespackle. Um, That's right. How do you spell lovespackle? It's L U V S P A C K L E. Um, as as obviously you would spell lovespackle. Weird right. name. Um, Where did that come from? Huh? Oh, um, I believe it was a, an alternate name of uh, Home Depot when they were first planning to launch because it was sort of like you know love of home improvement. Um, but I don't really know what a white sticky substance would have to do with romance. Weird. Yeah, it's really odd. But anyway, so that's his Twitter, um, and he's very passionate about giving Dustin uh, Star Trek homework of the Picard era. So I helped him, but this was really his baby, and you know I think you're really just kind of letting us both down. I'm getting the problem with this is that my my wife and my son are interested, so I have to find a time in which we're all three available to watch Star Trek. You know, the as 80s. the uh, as uh, like I, I mean, I'm unmarried and Tori is married but doesn't have kids, and I think I can speak for both of us when I say that as the man of the house, you should be able to just lay down the law and make them watch whenever you want to watch. Um, I also would like to... Now we know I not married. (laughs) I would also like to, as a former college student, uh, point out that really it is possible to watch any number of Picard episodes or movies Mm -hmm. uh, over and over again. Uh, That's true. Trust me, they only get better. Really? (laughs) Yes. You could watch them and then watch them again with the family. We're experiencing this together, Tori. It's a family thing. I don't know what that's like. (laughs) Neither do I, clearly. (laughs) Um, Well, you sound unconvinced, but, you know, I I can appreciate... You've got interrogation to watch. I get it. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what else are we going to talk about tonight, guys? Uh, Well, okay, wait, hang on. Are they Apple Plus or Apple TV Plus? Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus. Okay, thank you. So it's Apple really TV annoying is the to app. Write. <laughs> the <laughs> Apple TV Plus show Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet, which just released uh, last week, and they they released the whole season. It was created by uh, Charlie Day and Rob McElhenney of It's Always Sunny, 
And um, Megan along, Gans. Along with yeah. Megan Gans, who yep. uh, wrote on Always Sunny, It's Always Sunny, and uh, most people probably recognize her name from Community. Um, but uh, so the three of them created the show. Uh, they released the whole first season last week, and it was, uh, they already announced a season two pickup, so that's cool. Okay. So it'll oh, be coming great. back. Why um, did they decide to do that? Release the entire season when Apple has not been doing that? I don't know. As far as a strategy perspective, I'm not sure, but it was very... So I watched the entire season over the weekend, and it was really bingeable. Like, it, it moved... It's half hour, so it moves it moves fast. Um, it's a comedy, obviously. Um, and so, so you know, it, it's definitely... It's easier to digest than some of their other shows, and I feel like it's not... With the exception of, I mean, even the, there are a couple of episodes that are definitely a little bit heavier and a little more dramatic, but even those, they're not, you know, it's not like uh, The Morning Show or, uh, or uh, you know, For All Mankind or anything right, like that. Right. So, so it's, it's easy to watch and it kind of, you can, it's definitely the easiest show to just let roll into the next episode. Um, and I wonder how much of that is, like, they're still testing the waters of, of how to draw people to the platform, because um, mm-hmm. they, they allowed, so the, the first two episodes of the show, um, you can watch without a subscription. Yes. And then after that, if you want to watch the rest of the, the episodes, you need to either, you know, sign up for the free trial or sign up to pay or, or whatever. Right. Um, but I think that bingeable aspect, it's like it's knowing that all the episodes are there. So if you're into it, you just need to sign up and you can yeah. plow through might, you know, <laughs> might help people to get on to that seven day <laughs> su- pr- uh, subscription and then forget to cancel it in time. And, you know, right. maybe they're hoping to. <laughs> And it, it, it definitely, um, I'll admit, I the first couple episodes, I was enjoying it. I didn't know, I wasn't like fully on board, but I was enjoying it enough that I, I decided to use my free trial. So that's how I ended up uh, signing up. Yeah. Cause that's Did you sign up for a year, Dan? Are you now in Apple TV? Uh, I'm signed up for the week trial right now, and then I can cancel it if I oh, want to. Oh. So you're not going to? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't decided yet. You watch the morning show. It's pretty good. I think I want to finish for all mankind, but oh. fair enough. Which I watched the first two and then stopped when when I had to pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Mythic Quest, the the thing that I liked about it was that so it's you know it, it's set uh, it's a workplace comedy fundamentally at a game developer, um, and the uh, so you know there are definitely some kind of sitcom-y setups. Uh, but they they did a really good job with the, the characters and the cast. Uh, Rob Mac- McElhenney is the lead, and he's kind of like the, you know, the crazy genius who who's the creative guy. Um, but one thing that they did, which was really smart, was that he is not, even though he's often the agent of chaos, wild card, you know, just doing whatever he wants kind of character, um, he's not always in that role, so other characters will... Like, there are scenes or, you know, segments where he's playing the straight man compared to the other characters who are kind of, you know, going off on their own, uh, going crazy in their own way. Yeah. So that kind of helped. So everyone kind of gets to get in on the fun. There isn't just one character who's always suffering and always put upon. Um, And uh, they also found a really good cast. uh, Super good cast. Yeah. Yeah. So they had uh, Danny Pudi is here. F. Murray Abraham, uh, <laughs> who's playing like an like a George R. R. Martin yes. writer who like 
no longer has a career, so he's just writing video ga- writing for this video game company. Yeah, writing scenarios for like <coughs> you know fantasy games. Yeah, um, seen Star Wars. Yeah, uh, Caitlin McGee, who was in uh, Bluff City Law on NBC in the fall. <laughs> um, she so she's not a main character, but she she's their like customer service rep, and she kind of kills it every scene she's in because she's like this weird, super chipper Midwestern. Uh, like she was pulled out of Fargo, um, like she has that kind of accent, um, and she's they stuffed her in the basement so she never sees anybody, and she's always excited when someone comes to visit her. Uh, but she's the person who's like dealing with customer service, so she's the one who has to read all the feedback basically. So she's the one seeing all, getting you know all the terrible emails and tweets and everything all, all day every day. Ooh. But she's so but she's so polite and chipper that she's like, oh my gosh, it's so great, da da da. But then every once in a while, they'll just let her like her real uh, opinion slide out. Uh, as an example, there's one episode where they bring a bunch of uh, like little girls with their teacher, who's from like a coding camp, to come visit this game studio, and they're struggling to find uh, women because it's mostly men. So they go visit her. And one of the girls is like, oh, you're nice. I want to do your job. And she's like, don't. Don't you. Don't. Don't you dare. Uh, who else is in it? Um, David Hornsby. Who was Charlie is a, Day's college roommate. And he's a, he's a writer on the show also. He played uh, Rickety Cricket in Always Sunny. <gasps> That's um, why he looked so familiar. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, so driving he, me nuts. <laughs> he's in the show. Uh, and they found... Um, they found a couple other people who were really cool. Uh, Charlotte, I don't know how to say her last name, Nick Dow. I'm butchering that, I'm sure. But she's, uh, I think, Australian, um, but she's kind of the female lead. She's Poppy. Uh, Poppy, and yeah. she's the put-upon, uh, she's kind of the put-upon left-brain engineer who is always frustrated by Rob McElhenney's crazy white man, basically. Yeah. Also, I feel um, like it's worth mentioning that Rob McElhenney's a... Uh, Name character name is mm-hmm. Ian Grimm. Yes, which it should be Ian, <laughs> and it drives me nuts every time they're like Ian oh, Grimm. You know what's funny is that you so so I know you've only watched the first couple, but uh, that comes into play. They explain that at a certain point. Oh, they do. It's very funny. They do. Okay, good. Um, but but yes, he is. It is spelled Ian, but he does call himself Ian, uh, like Ian Ziering. Oh God, um, yeah. And uh, one other person in the cast who I thought was it was cool that like this is kind of showing me the that they were um, that they were taking the kind of like the gaming side of it seriously or at least you know trying to. Uh, one of the characters who plays a tester is played by Ashley Birch, who she's also a writer on the show, but she came out of um, she kind of like built her career doing voice acting for video games, basically. So oh. so she's voiced, Ooh. like, a ton of video games and is known kind of in that community. But then here, you know, she's on screen playing a playing a character and then, you know, also writing on the show. So yeah. um, as, a, as someone who many, many years ago worked at a game company, um, I was impressed. I thought that, you know, the kind of the Hollywoodification of it aside and the fact that everyone's way too attractive... <laughs> Outside of that, you know, they, they got a lot of things right. Um, so I was impressed. Um, one thing I will, like, uh, the show kind of in the first episode that I, I think captures why it's a great 
workplace setting because it, I mean mm-hmm. it is it is a, a sitcom set in a workplace so it, you know no different than you know The Office or or Brooklyn Nine Nine or whatever where you kind of yeah. take a different setting but you still have sort of you know characters operating within that um, but they they have a bit where they explain. Um, putting the amount of money made in video games and in this case it's like an online um role-playing game yeah so it was similar to like world of warcraft or whatever and and compare it to movies and television and things like that and it, it is just a gargantuan market that doesn't unless you're in this very niche um internet world which is mostly people on reddit or you know cer- or uh, certain websites or you know whatever that that cover games it right. doesn't get the same amount of uh sort of pop culture recognition mm-hmm. um so i did think that was a really interesting kind of in to the show where it's like you know we can do a workplace that is you know behind the scenes at a an ongoing video game development company because it is bigger than Hollywood in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, And, and it doesn't and, get attention. And there, are, and it, it resonates with a lot of people. Um, yeah. Even though it's not, um, you may not think of it that way. Right. Um, yeah, the storytelling uh, also, that goes into it, the tech that goes into it, the, yeah. you know. And the way that they have to build up, like, promote for these launches that drop right. and all of these moving parts around, you know, the monetization of it or, or special items or reviews or whatever. But it's all because it all is this insular thing that is not as mainstream unless you're a part of that specific community. Right. So. Um, and they, I think they did a good job of trying to balance that with you know it's still a comedy so they they need to tell jokes and yeah um and they they definitely the show does a good job of giving its ca- like the characters start you know as types but they um you know they they show enough depth and they have enough different dimensions to them that that they're they're fun um also like a lot of shows seem to do these days they did one episode that completely breaks the format and is tied to it's uh, like it's tangentially tied to the main story, um, but it follows two other characters who you never meet in any other episode, and they're just there for that one episode. Um, it's also weirdly much more dramatic than the rest of the show, uh, and it was great. So, uh, can I ask a quick question? Sure. Because like my favorite character is Joe, and. That's the assistant to Hornsby's character, and yes. IMDb says she's not in the whole season, but I want to know if she's in the whole season. She's in the whole season. Oh, good, good. She um, was also the, um, she was an assistant in Better Call Saul, and she was fantastic in that as well. Yeah, she's great, and yeah, she, she gets funnier over the over the course of the, of the season. She's hilarious uh, in the first two episodes. Yeah, yeah, but they, they give her, uh, you know, she's not a main character, but they give her a little more to do, and they kind of... And yeah, she's great. The basically, there's pretty much the whole cast is great. There's one person in the cast who I was uh, was fine, but I was confused why they were there. <laughs> I don't know if I should say who it was. You should. Okay. Well, it wasn't in the episodes that you guys saw, but oh. uh, Craig Mazin shows up. Oh. And plays a minor character for about three or four episodes. That is and really random. It was random. Um, he's fine. Like it's not that he's bad. I was just he's not even an actor. That's why I was. That's why I was surprised. I was like, oh, he's. And is he friends with 
that with the Charlie Day? McElhaney? Well, I think he's actually on. He's credited credited as a consulting producer, so maybe he was involved. Oh, uh, maybe helped out with the writing or something. But he wrote uh, Chernobyl, by the way. He did, but before that, he wrote a uh, a lot of comedies. So that's true. Bad comedies. Um, was Chernobyl well, not uh, a comedy? No, sorry. Chernobyl's a musical. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He wrote The Hangover 2 and 3. Not the good one. Not he the wrote good. the sequels. <laughs> the other ones. That's right. Oh, and Scary Movie 3 and 4. Not the not first the two. <laughs> Look, Dustin. There was a uh, I know, getting, I know. getting your name on a script is incredibly hard. I understand. I Regardless. He, uh, he was, on, was he on John August's uh, podcast? The co-host. I know, oh, he's I've, the co-host. Yeah, it's, it's oh, yeah, normally the two of them. I've heard that a few times, and yeah. I liked him. And also, he was Ted Cruz's uh, roommate in college. That's true. Oh yeah. right. Did not like him. Did not get along. No, no. So oh. yeah, there was a uh, period a while ago where it was like he was shitting all over Ted Cruz all the time. <laughs> uh, but no, he shows up and he's fine. Um, but it was it was a little weird. I, I don't. To me, in my brain, I'm always like, well, that could have gone to some. Actor who's you know needs the job. Sure, you're, you're doing okay, but uh, maybe you just wanted to be on screen. That's yeah. sure. one um, one minor thing. Like the the show has a very diverse cast, which mm-hmm. seems like a very pointed. Um, and I, I mean, especially like gender. Like there's a lot of women in that office space. Whereas you hear about the gaming community, especially with GamerGate and things like that, like being very anti-women in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. which is not. Mm-hmm. And one of the, and, and it's a slight thing, but one of the things I really appreciated was that not only are there a lot of women in that workplace, but in particular, there are two featured characters who are the um, game testers. So mm-hmm. they're the QT people. They're the ones playing the game through um, before it launches to, to come up with any bugs and, right. and report it back to the programming team. And they're both women. And they have their own storyline going on in this closed room where they just play video games all day. Yeah. And I like that it wasn't, you would normally anticipate that to be two dudes. And, and the, that, the fact that it was not just like a woman and a guy, but like, no, it's just two women. Right. <laughs> like, um, that was good. Um, yeah. Although I will say uh, testers are never treated that well. Um, oh, no. Um, I was like, they have yes. a huge room for that. Like, <laughs> yeah. why? Yeah. <laughs> I I have done that job and it is you not have. you're never you're never that uh it's not cushy like that. This is fascinating. It's uh but it is a fun, you know. You play job video games all day for your job. I always yeah. wanted to do that. It's it's both more fun than you'd think and also less fun. Does it make playing video games for fun afterwards less fun? Not necessarily. Um but it's uh it it can. Um, the problem is that if you're on a if you're on a good project, like a good game, then you want to keep playing that game, and then you will. And then if you're on a bad project, then you want to play something else to just like like a palate cleanser. Yeah. So you probably end up playing more video games anyway. But um, but yeah, it was a good job in my early twenties for a little bit. My problem is uh, I'd only be able to test, like, Lego video games. I don't like games where people shoot at me, <laughs> which is, like, pretty much all of the video games. Also, I'm not good at driving, <laughs> and it's questionable whether I can even do things involving horses. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, a lot of the fantasy games are, like, out. I just run into trees. Yes. I, have lot, I have a lot of stipulations. 
Yeah. So there's like three games we play. I love Portal. <laughs> Portal's fun. I have a gun, but it just makes portals. <laughs> well, speaking of fantasy, something, something. I don't know. This has not been a good episode for segues. No, I got you. Yeah. I got you. It's a good segue. Okay. Keep going with the fantasy. Okay, so uh, another fantasy show which has been long anticipated released uh, this week, and uh, that was Lock and Key, which I think has been in development for like a decade. Yes. Um, but it, it was released on Net- Netflix uh, last week, 10 episodes. Uh, Tori watched the whole thing. I watched two, and I, I think watched Dustin one. watched one. So we're all at varying levels of knowledge. <laughs> and I've read the comics. You guys have not? I definitely have not. Okay. I have not, but I uh, have watched, read all the industry news about the show for the last decade. Excellent. Okay. That'll Wait, be helpful. Uh, what's his face was attached to it? The bad man from Twi- the Twilight Zone bad man. Max Landis' dad. <laughs> John Landis? John Landis? John Landis, thank you. Bad man. <laughs> <laughs> I was yes. like, Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> well, <laughs> not that bad. Well. Actually, I think at one point Dimension Films acquired had the rights when they were still trying to make it as like a movie, uh, or no, I think they got the te- the they got the film and television rights, and then yeah, the, so this has been in development for a very long time. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be like a trilogy of films at one point, and then that fell through, and then it was going to be like a Fox show, and they did make the pilot, and that didn't go anywhere, and they screened the pilot, I think at Comic Con or something, just to get it out there, um, and then Hulu was developing it. Um, and made a pilot, and one of the exec producers was um, Andy Muschietti or whatever, the guy from It. Um, And then that one fell through, and that's when Netflix picked it up, and they, I think it's largely, because they kept the kid who played Bodie Mm -hmm. um, in that pilot, who is, the actor is the same one who played Georgie in It. He's... (laughs) <laughs> really good child actor. Wait a second, who is, who is Bodhi? Bodhi is the young son, the like youngest of the three oh, kids. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. The okay. youngest. So that kid, if he looked familiar, it's because he's Georgie. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Carlton Cuse uh, stayed on as exec producer, but and but like Andy Machetti, I don't think is involved in the Netflix one. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's been... It's gone through a lot of versions and versions that actually were filmed and then were dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the show is about um, a family who loses their father uh, in a in mysterious circumstance. Like a guy comes in and shoots him in front of the family, and the kid is it's it's a kid. It was a student of his uh, is carted away to an to a prison. And the family, to kind of pick up the pieces, they move back to the father's ancestral home, which they're in Seattle. They move to Massachusetts, to this place called the Key House. The family name is the Locks. And in this weird, rambling, creepy mansion uh, that they settle into, the mother is trying to kind of reconnect with her dead husband's past because he never talked about his life in this town. Uh, Meanwhile, the kids are discovering what makes the house special, which is that there are a variety of mysterious keys laying around that only kids can find. And each one has a different attribute uh, that gives them certain powers. So uh, the kids kind of, they're also piecing together their father's past by discovering the mysteries of the key house. uh, And, 
meanwhile, the reason the father was killed, um, there's a larger mystery going on, and that follows them to Massachusetts. So uh, it's got some horror elements. There are more horror elements in the comic, which was uh, written by Joe Hill. Mm-hmm. But mm. the show leans a bit heavier oh. on the fantasy element. Um, so that's why it was a very good segue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, that, that actually answers one of my, what would have been my first question, which was um, what the comic was like tonally. Because this, um, I've only seen the first two, but it felt, um, it, 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 it was tricky watching it because there's there's definitely like the the little kid Bodie his storyline was very felt like it was leaning into the fantasy side of it um and then the two older siblings it was kind of like a teen drama yeah um, and yeah. then and then the mom's kind of there and there's other stuff and there there's like occasional pops of horror but um it felt kind of emblem-esque to me Yes. Just that first episode, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's a heavy influence, and I think that that's something that just the show is trying to amplify. Mm-hmm. Some of those undercurrents are are present, like a lot of the drama and the. There's a lot of stuff about the high school life of the two teenage siblings, Kinsey and Tyler, because mm-hmm. um, they're in high school. Bodie is much younger, uh, so they're. Their kind of teenage drama, the mom who is a recovering alcoholic and how she's processing grief, uh, repeated acts of violence that come back to their house because um, the father's killer uh, escapes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, and there's also people who are, uh, there's, a, there's an entity that wants the keys that starts manipulating all of the kids to try and find them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, also the fact that you're giving kids superpowers. So there's an X-Men kind of angle to it as well, where you've got these kids who suddenly have these magical tools at their disposal and they have fun with them at first. Mm -hmm. And then the dark side of like, well, what if people find out about it? Or, you know, some of them are fun. Some of them can do some truly horrible things. Right. Um, And what you do with them and and why that matters. Um, So the, the comic was a lot darker and some genuine, screwed up things happen in the comic which the show has more or less sidestepped and that's one of my one of my issues with it because I went into the I thought it was going to be a one season show I thought they were going to cover the whole comic once Uh I got to the last episode I'm pretty it's very clear that they were setting it up Netflix hasn't officially renewed it because they do that whole wait for 30 days and see what the engagement is. But I, I'm pretty right. sure they, I read something about how they, they have the writing staff on hold. Like mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're, they're, they're the, uh, the plan, unless this show flops completely is that there will be a second season. So I'm not sure if some of the elements that as a reader of the comics, I was waiting for, if those were just deferred to the second season or if they were, or if the, the story, the plot actually worked completely around them. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's definitely a certain rearrangement of the order of events and to the point where like, I can't tell if certain things were dropped or if it's just like, no, 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 it'll be in the next season. It's things aren't uh, done okay. yet. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and part of it is, I think because to do it right, it would require, I mean, it would take a lot of money. And I think that's mm-hmm. the issue that a lot of the productions of this kind of came across, um, but also there are things that just 
parts of the story. Like they haven't explained the history, why these keys exist, mm-hmm. um, certain uh, certain elements like that. But but there are like big show stopping. Oh, they still haven't explained that. No. Oh. They so there are things, and that's part of why I'm interested in hearing like your impression of the show as somebody who was completely un, unfamiliar with the story, because I had my own set of expectations that in some ways it was great that I already knew because I can see the hints that they're dropping throughout this season, and I'm like, well, I hope they pay it off next season because I can connect those dots, but people who don't know the story can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, I can also see walking into this blind and going like, why is everything taking so long to develop? Like, I don't think the show really picks up steam. It's a 10 episode season. I don't think things really pick up steam until like episode five or six, mm-hmm. you know, I think I might be annoyed if I keep watching and they don't explain that, but I, <laughs> the first episode was good enough that I think I would that I'm not going to remove it from my to watch list right. I don't know that I'll get to it immediately but I won't remove it immediately yeah I mean I, would I give like it, the tone of the show it gets you know I think the one thing that has always kept the the story afloat is that it is different enough from other things out there you've got that family element but it's also a different version of a superpower story Right. And there is what it really, what the comics and the show both dwell on is sort of the the excitement of discovering these keys and figuring out what they do. Mm-hmm. And that's what was so cool in the comics because you have like six volumes of the story and new keys are always popping up and they figure out and some of them, you know, but there there is this, you know, entity that is after them. Um, and it... And it, it gets dark. And I'm also, because now I know that the story is setting up a second season, things where I thought the show was going to get real dark this season, it didn't. And now I can't tell if they're deferring it or if or if they're going to try to keep it more family-friendly. Right. Um, but, like, one of the keys is a, is a, is a ghost. Like, how dark, Tori? Um, I, so I, this, is not a, this is a spoiler from the comic, but not the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a door called the ghost door, which does show up in the show. And basically you turn, uh, the key into the door. And if you walk through your spirit passes through your body falls down dead or oh. seemingly oh. dead. And, oh. but your spirit can fly all over. So Bodhi is the one who discovers this key. And it, for a kid, this is amazing. You know, you're just a little boy flying all over the place, spying on people and having right. fun. But right. the danger is if that door closes and you can't get back to your body, you're trapped. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is something that happens to another character earlier on in the comics and happens to a character in the show. But one of the climaxes in the comics for the kid is that, like, his his spirit leaves his body. Another spirit takes over his body and parades around and it's the bad guy and they defeat him. But then the whole family thinks that the kid is dead. Mm -hmm. Um, And something happens in the end, you know, so it's, it's better, but like, it's really dark. Yeah. (laughs) Like, especially when you're dealing with kids, you know? Yeah. And it's, and his character and especially like, you know, as the show goes on it, it, his character gets much more interesting and the in the comics as well it's really hard to nail that like 
super younger sibling and find mm-hmm. the, the balance between them being a useful part of the proceedings and them kind of just being the annoying kid brother. Right. Um, and the show leans very heavily on like the older siblings having to not only protect him, but also recognize that he as the youngest is intuiting what's going on faster than they are. Right. And, and yeah, even, even in the first episode, he's def he's the one kind of in the lead yeah. as far as, um, finding keys and, and being open to what they can present. Right. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, they set up, I think, where the the season ends is really interesting. Um, but it definitely, like, even in the finale, I it seemed like it was wrapping up with a happy ending. And I was like, oh, that's a letdown. Like, that, ti- <laughs> that was too tidy. And then there's one reveal, which is uh-huh. different enough than what happened in the comics that it took me a while to be like, oh, that's how they're dealing with that character. Oh, okay. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, so the thing with the keys, and that's part of it is... They, there's always a possibility that they can introduce more keys. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always new abilities out there and new possibilities for the story and how those work in. So like there's a key that changes your gender or your physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so whoever has that key can look like anyone. Right. Uh, which is a neat, you know, really neat trick. And you've got, uh, a key that controls shadows and there's a key that, uh, unlocks a chest that can repair anything that's broken. Um, but then what are the possibilities of that? What are the, you know, limits to that repairing? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a music box that if you turn it on, um, you can control, you can literally control a person's actions. It's like a hypnotism box. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but all of these are in the hands of teenagers cause adults don't remember. Um, that was something that they that they set up nicely, I thought, because I I got at least far enough to to learn that rule about that adults, um, even if they're in, even if they're affected by it, they that it they don't remember it. Ah, yeah, um, yeah. Now like I it, understand the end of that first episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and but but it also draws. There's a certain amount of drama to be had there, where you have these mm-hmm. kids having to operate independent from their mother. Right. Because every time, even when she experiences the stuff, uh, it doesn't stick with her. Right. Um, and there's actually like something that happens that's not as much in the comics, but actually happens in the show that's interesting. The characters come to a breaking point where um, the mom starts drinking again. Um, and it's not yeah. drawn out, it's like a single episode. But they realize that when she's drunk, her memories start coming back. And the kids huh. actually have to sit there and go, like, we don't have a good choice here. You know, we know she needs to stop drinking, but if she does, she'll be no help to us. Right. Like as long as she's drunk, she remembers and we can actually (laughs) share this family, like (laughs) fucked up family thing that's happening. Yeah. You know? And so they, they, they have to sit there and go where we lose either way. And it's a really, you know, cause so much of it is these teenage, these kids having the response, the burden of, all of this that's going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's some interesting ideas. I think that the the show, I think, will be hard for people who don't know the story and I think frustrating for people who do, but I also think it <laughs> which is a weird thing because I'm like, I'm really happy that it's there and I'm, I'm yeah. going to watch the next season and there's a lot yeah. of things I really like about it. There's a lot of stuff. I, I like the actors. 
Um, I, I, there's a lot of potential there, but it is really mm-hmm. funny to, to see it walk this line of like not quite nailing it well, for that, either part of the That's, that's an interesting problem because it's, because that, um, yeah, if it's not quite fan servicey enough or, or doesn't quite hit the, the notes that maybe the, the, the fans of the comic are expecting. Right. And then it, it's, but it's not accessible enough to, uh, everyone else, um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched enough to to say for myself. Although I was, um, I was expecting something darker, personally, just from the little I knew about the uh, comic. I, I've never read it. Yeah. Um, but it was that. That's interesting because I, I think I kind of feel that, even though I've only watched two episodes, where it mm. kind of feels like they're trying to they're trying to please everybody, and it kind of ends up somewhere in between. Right, and it's not the bad. Like it's not hopeless. Right. It's just, it's like not quite there for everyone. And I do, and again, I do wonder how much stuff was deferred for a second season. Because mm-hmm. it could get a lot darker. There could be more, there certainly should be more horror elements. But also, there should be a lot more fantasy elements. Like, there mm-hmm. are, even just right down to, like, there are keys that the show hasn't introduced. That maybe mm-hmm. they're just not going to for budget reasons. Because it would require too much special effects. But it's right. like some of those are the sequences that make you that for fans, it's like, I want to see them have this battle between like, you know, a guy who is able to turn into a giant or a person who can grow wings or like there are some (laughs) really cool things that those are the part of what makes this story so special. Um, that does kind of sound like things that maybe for budget reasons they'd right. be hard pressed to. They come up do. with other keys to kind of replace that in the story, and I think that's yeah. where I ended up playing. I was playing, and this is part of where I had a harder time with the show because I was really distracted trying to figure out what they were doing by remixing the story. Mm-hmm. And once I got to the end and realized, oh, they're not finishing it; they're setting it up for something else. So now I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> Like, they could try this stuff <laughs> later, but where does that leave me? Right. Um, but I can also see, especially, like, you know, how long are you, are you as someone who's unfamiliar, who doesn't know what the payoff will ultimately be, how long would you be willing to, to wait for the show to give you those necessary details? Because mm-hmm. I do think, like, I don't, I don't, it's entertaining, but I don't think it gives you the hook until, well, like over the halfway mark of the season. Yeah. And like, yeah, if you're the kind of person who tries two episodes and bounces, like you're not going to get there. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, but <laughs> Hey, at least it exists. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Finally. After, after 10 years or when did the comic come out? Long time. More A than that. Long I feel like this um, is, it's like the, what was, what, what was that? Idris Elba uh, movie? The Stephen King adaptation. Oh yeah, Dark Tower. Uh, Dark Tower. Yeah, you, you you do it and you try and you try and try and eventually you just like settle for whatever mm-hmm. the fight. You know, fine, we'll do it. <laughs> this is what we got. It's not going to get any better. But I thought the first episode was you know fine. It was. It did feel very family friendly. Like this is the show that my twelve year old would love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that. I think the toning down a lot of the horror will help. And I think that was probably, there was, you know, there's budget concerns, but I think there's probably also the reality of like, there are two teenagers and a child who are the, really the main characters of the story. 
Right. And making it, opening it up for kids to be able to watch it without being too scared. Um, you know, it's probably also an element of it. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that Netflix, you know, this is one of those cases where, like, as long as Netflix doesn't cancel it, if this is where they're going to throw their money, like, no one else was able to make this, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm glad we're getting something, you know? Yeah. And I love adaptations. I love seeing how I don't need things to be, you know, devoted to the original text. I like seeing how things change to fit a new medium or how new themes are kind of drawn out. I think that my problem is just now that I, once I got to the end and realized it wasn't a complete story, it retroactively made me kind of go, I don't know what to think about this. Because mm-hmm. it was one thing when I kind of thought, oh, well, they're avoiding that and they've they've replaced that and this is just what it is. But now I'm like, no, all of those things I was looking forward to, maybe they will happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we will see uh, first if it's picked up and then uh, hopefully it is so that I they can. I think they have to. Yeah. They also held a premiere for this show. <laughs> like they're actually... They, they... They definitely have been pushing it. Uh, yeah. They got Darby Sandfield. More than normal. What? They got Darby Sandfield. They're going to renew it. Yeah. But in the, in the, not, I think it was the Fox pilot, it was Miranda Otto. Yeah. Oh. And in yeah, the Hulu yeah. one, it was uh, Francis O'Connor or whatever. Really? Yeah. No, the Is casting who has been associated with this, um, Wait, what? Yeah, Frances O'Connor was the mother, was Nina. Like, I can see Darby and Miranda Otto, and, like, I can see Frances O'Connor being, like, the mother of Miranda Otto. Or, yeah. I, uh, how they've aged things Darby. around, I don't... That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, she still is, like, the same type. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I was still really bummed. I always meant to. I think I was at that Comic Con where they screened the Fox pilot, and I but I was working and I couldn't. Go. <laughs> I remembered being like, "Damn it!" <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's get to our game. Yes. Let's do it. Because oh, hey, this week's hey, game is very special. What? Quickly watch McMillions. That's all I'll say. Oh yeah, I watched the first uh, the first one. Wasn't it fun? Uh, I'm really in, okay. So McMillions, uh, since we're going to do this very briefly, uh, it's the documentary, I think it's what, six episodes on HBO. Uh, it's about the McDonald's, uh, Monopoly game, which apparently was rigged and there was a huge scam around it. Like a rigged for 11 years. Yeah. Um, so the, the story of it is amazing. Um, I will say I thought the reenactments were a little cheesy. Um, okay. And I get, I get that they have, you know, they have to, it, it, they have to work with what, with what they can work with. Right. Um, it's not like they have, you know, undercover footage of people rigging the game. Um, but working with what they have to work with, they yeah. have a FBI agent who is amazing. Right. Oh no! But that being said, the the interviews are compelling as hell, and the story okay. is 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 amazing. So yes, uh, yeah, check. I, I mean, I'm on board with that. Check out McMillions on HBO. I forgot that that's tonight, so I'm gonna watch it uh, after we're done recording. <laughs> I will too, and along with Manifest. 
God. That's good. So you can tell us what happens on Manifest next yeah. week. No. Um, oh, wait. Can I add one one more thing just about Lock and Key real fast? Yes. Yes. There is an audiobook version that, um, if anyone is into audiobooks, has. I a, am. It is a phenomenal. It's, so it's a full performance. Like they, it's not a reading of the stories. They do like a full cast recording. Um, oh, and the people yeah, they okay. hired, they cast the in that. Tatiana mm-hmm. Maslany is the well. Oh, I see. Oh, the well woman. Oh, yeah. Kate Mulgrew is in it. Haley Joel oh, Osmond is in it. Um, it's like a massive cast. It's like a 13-hour thing. That um, sounds good. But it's yeah. really good. So if you have I Audible Added it to the wish list. Yeah. Dustin, where would you know Kate Mulgrew from? Uh, she <laughs> is in one of the Star Treks, but also Orange is the New Black. Well, I was going to say, yes, you should know her from Star Trek Voyager. I knew her from... <laughs> I don't Captain know from Janeway. When she Captain came Janeway. out with the new black, everybody's like, oh my god, she's from Star Trek, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Look, uh, Voyager gets uh, people, I feel like people slept on Voyager a little bit, and it's it's better than uh, better than people gave it credit for. Wait, what, what were you guys telling me? Like, TNG is not the best, what's the best one? What? What's the best uh, Star Trek series? That's Next Generation. Yeah, Next Generation. Oh, yeah. But I think it's depending on your tastes. Ones. Deep Space Nine has a lot of... Oh, I think, yeah. Deep Space yeah, Deep Space Nine, Nine and Voyager. Like, both of them have competing... Not competing fan bases, but they have very distinct... There there are people who champion both of those shows. Yeah. And their, their points are not uh, unreasonable. Right. Um, I would like oh, to that reminds me. This. Someone pointed out that we that. forgot... Uh, we forgot that... Uh, when we talked about Star Trek uh, a couple weeks ago, we forgot that... Uh, Captain stop. Archer has a dog on uh, yes. Enterprise, I had no idea and I completely forgot about. that. <laughs> um, Dustin doesn't know, but no, no, no. Uh, anyway, sorry we missed that. Um, but yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot because I didn't watch all of Enterprise. But that's a lot of series to keep up with, you guys. Yeah, a lot and, of, and, and Doctor I'm, Who's got a lot of episodes, owe, but at least it's just one. I feel like we owe Scott Bakula a real apology. Is the yeah. the message here? Uh, look, you can't, uh, you can't cover every single Star Trek, um, but anyway, um, <laughs> all right, this week's game, uh, you know, oh, you know, you know how we get to this game. Scott Bakula, uh, was in a short-lived show on TNT called Men of a Certain Age, and you I know love that show. one yes. of his, I do too, and one of his co-stars, Andre Tom Bauer. Tom Cavanaugh. No. Tom Cavanaugh, <laughs> not as far no. as I know. But no. Andre Brower was on that show. Yes. And, uh, now, after that show was unfortunately canceled, Andre Brower, it's okay. He landed on his feet on a little after show. Heist. Like he to... was on a show called Heist, too. Remember Andre Brower and Heist? Uh, I do remember that. And uh, No, it was called Thief, not Heist. Thief. All right, whatever. It was six episodes, and it was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but uh, Andre Brower is on a show, a little show called Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Never I love it. that show. Which uh, one of you has heard of, so (laughs) one of you will do very well in this game. Um, In honor of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm going to see how well I do cold, never having (laughs) watched this show. Never heard of it. You've never watched it? (laughs) Never heard of it, never watched it. We'll see how it is. Whatever, you do watch it. But the uh, season seven premiered last week. Uh, They actually did two episodes. Um, It was very fun. I enjoyed it. It was so cute. Um, and uh, they're they continue. They've already been picked up for season eight, so uh, that's good. So we know that there's at least one more season coming. You know they have to get to a season nine so they can go nine nine. 
If they end on episode, if they end on season eight, I'm gonna be so pissed. So they have to end on episode season nine, episode, episode nine. nine. Yes. Yeah. Um, that would probably they maybe I wouldn't put that past them. Um, anyway, this is this week's uh, game is the Untitled Brooklyn Nine Nine game. This is very simple, just general general knowledge questions, which I've uh, pulled from my memory um, <laughs> because I love the show. So we'll see how Dustin, who has never uh, seen it, claims has never seen it or heard of it, nope. and Tori, who I think we can say is a is a an enthusiast. I is that yes, fair? I am an enthusiast, but you know Dustin's going to win because he cheats. That is true. That's, Dustin, that's no right. doubt, has done a lot of uh, a lot of pre uh, pre game. Uh, I research. watched all seven seasons. You know, right before uh, the show. All at once. He had every episode running at the same time. (laughs) While watching that one episode of Lock and Key and two episodes of uh, Ravensburger. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, All right. I'll just add. I I don't know if I should ask both of you different questions or if it's just general chaos. General. Yeah, chaos. chaos. All right. We'll go with general chaos. So (laughs) That's uh, always the solution. Yeah. General questions about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Here we go. Uh, some of them are easy. Some of them are trickier. Uh, okay, how about this? Uh, what is the first and last name of the show's protagonist played by Andy Samberg? Jake, Jake Peralta. Peralta. Oh, Dustin Damn. gets it. What? What is happening? I just watched the entire series <laughs> oh my five God. minutes ago <laughs> while shocked. you were talking What's about What's up with that question? It's the I protagonist. <laughs> I am already... Well, I wanted to make some of them easy, just in case Dustin didn't know anything. Uh, but here we go. Okay, so Dustin... In it's like lead, my son's favorite show, <laughs> Honest oh, to God. God. Oh, d- uh, <laughs> Dustin's going to win five to nothing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, how many seasons of the show aired on Fox before it was briefly canceled and moved to five. NBC? Five. Oh, Tori is correct. It was five. I only... Oh, you're both correct, but Tori got it. I was waiting for you to finish the question. You should never Yeah, wait that's what I did last time, Mr. Yeah. Peralta. <laughs> All right, one to one. Uh, we'll go to five. It seems like you guys can answer some of these questions. Um, okay, uh, what is Jake's favorite movie? Die Hard. Die Hard. Correct. Tori got it. God damn it. Just in time. Uh, oh, this is a fun game. Um, oh, my God. When Amy dressed up as uh, the character from, oh, my God, Bonnie as Bedelia. A, as a Holly Gennaro. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so funny. And he dressed up as uh, the guy who did the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, what is the name of Captain Holt's husband? Oh, uh, Kevin. Kevin uh, Cosner. Correct. God Correct damn. pronunciation, too. Yeah. Cosner. It's with the C-O-Z-N-E-R, not Cosner. Yo, right. next time you need to do an all Mark Evan Jackson quiz. Ooh, a Mark Evan jo- Jackson quiz would be great. I would not have written that in like half an hour. That's, I'm, I'm, yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to do a Mar- untitled Mark Evan Jackson game <laughs> yes. sometime in the future. But uh, three to one, Tori. Um, I feel like I need to do some harder questions now because... Okay, okay. Kevin Cosner was not an easy... That was. That was like a medium one. That's Everyone a, knows. That is a hugely easy... You meet him in season one. He's in every season. Yeah. I didn't know his last name. Well, it's you know. Kevin Cosner. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> What's okay, their dog's um, name? Oh, sorry. I need to not... No, no, it's fine because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Don't ask. It, that the one. dog's name is. How about this? I, I, I do have a, a question about the dog. Okay. Uh, the dog's name is Cheddar. Yes. Uh, but how many actors have portrayed Cheddar over the uh, series? At least Four. seven. 
<laughs> You're both wrong. It's three. It's only three? <laughs> three. Uh, that was based on the, uh, according to the Brooklyn Nine-Nine podcast, that's yeah. what they said. Um, all right, so we're still at three to one. Uh, maybe Dustin will get this Is one. It, this feels like three, a, it has to be two to one. That's three to one. Fuck you. We got, uh, <laughs> she got the how many seasons, Captain Holt's husband, and uh, Jake's her okay. yeah. All right. Uh, who portrayed Amy Santiago's brother, David? Oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Correct. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> all right. Okay, here's one that Dustin should, should know. Uh, this professional football player guest starred as himself. <laughs> uh, it's not Terry Crews. No, no. It's a professional, professional football, football player. player. Guest starred as himself on the show. He was a witness to a crime. Oh. It uh, was, I believe, the 99th episode. Because um, it was a double episode. Tell me what team he played. It was <laughs> no, I mean, it had to be, wouldn't it be the Giants? Are they a football team? They are a football team and New York-based, but uh, he never he has never played for the Giants. Is it the Gronk um, guy? No. It is not the Gronk guy. Um, all right, that's too long. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 more clues, more clues, more clues. Oh, Come on, you gotta get. She's got. She's up on me like four to one. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna give you a clue, but this is gonna let Dustin win. Thank no, you. Um, no, a harder clue, not the let Dustin uh, win clue. This this uh, football player, they comment on the fact that this football player does not like to comment in press conferences. <laughs> Belichick so, is not a football player. No, and so they believe. That it's going to be difficult to get information out of him. Tom Brady? Incorrect. No. What uh, team does he play he for? He said, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Not in the show, but in real life. Marshawn? Not- Correct. What? Marshawn Lynch. All right. Uh, I, I, I can only give you a half episode. point. Yeah, that's a half it's point. A, it's, that's a half point. Um, it's the episode where uh, the prisoner van crashes and a bunch of people escape. Marshawn Lynch comes out of... A, uh, a Mexican restaurant um, with, uh, and he witnesses the whole thing. And Rosa is very excited to see him because he's her favorite player because he never says anything. <laughs> and then it turns out he's a chatty Cathy and she's real disappointed. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that episode at all. Me it either. was the, it's the double episode because it's the one that at the end, it's the one where uh, Amy and Jake have their, uh, have the like competition a- trying to catch uh, fugitives. Was it like a post Super Bowl episode? No, but it was an hour long episode. I don't. I don't think it. Well, maybe it was post. I don't know. Anyway, uh, four and a half. Four to one and a half. Um, I have so many questions that I'm hoping you ask. <laughs> I don't even care about answering them. I just want you to ask them. All right. Uh, how about this? Uh, what former Fox show uh, takes place in the same universe as Brooklyn Nine Nine? Do you, which is proven in a crossover episode. I feel like this one's not that hard. It's not, but it requires remembering other things. Fox shows? All right, that's too much time. I'm going to say no. Come on, Um, no, no, give us a clue. What what do you mean give you a clue? Yeah, it was already a format. I should know this. Um, I should too. It was another Fox sitcom. Yeah. There weren't that many of them that existed at the same time. Incorrect. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember. The answer is the new girl. Uh, oh, that's really? there's right. a crossover. There's a brief crossover there where uh, Jessica Day ends up, or Jake ends up 
commandeering Jessica's oh, car. Oh yeah, I remember. Um, that. It was a really weird cross. Like it, it was they a weird crossover. It a lot. And yeah, it was weird. And ended up being not that much. Um, also weird. Damon Wayans Jr. in both shows as different characters. So. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we're still at four to one and a half. <laughs> all right, that question's too easy. Um, no, 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 all right. All right, how about this? Uh, last season, we saw an episode where uh, we got to see, we got to meet Hitchcock and Scully in the 80s when they were young. Thank you, uh, in this question, in this episode, they answered uh, the question of what happened to them, what caused them to become lazy and overweight. So, what was that? Oh, God. I remember that episode and I don't remember. There was a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> No, that wasn't it. There no, but was that a wasn't it. But there was. I just remember that there was a bunch it of cocaine a in microwave. It no. did not involve a microwave. No, they started eating. It was like hot dogs or something. I don't remember. A food truck. I'm so upset. <laughs> did they stop doing cocaine? <laughs> it had something to do with the break room. There was money. Uh, there was a bag of money, and there was a van. <laughs> Uh, Tori, your disappointment is, is so I'm funny. so upset. <laughs> All right. The answer is, uh, at the end of that episode, it, after they, they, they placed their witness in witness protection, it's the first time they eat wing sluts. That's right, wing sluts. Because they place it. her there. That's her job. And then she offers them. The she wings. says, why don't you try? And they're like, oh, it's okay. And then we'll do this, and then we'll go work out. And they eat it, and they, and they never turn back. They never went back. Wing sluts. <laughs> Which was, so, wasn't that in, like, Jersey City? No, like, they went somewhere for It's some sluts. far, yeah, it's like the far wing sluts. Yeah. Um, all right, so it's still four to one and a half. Uh, so FYI, the bottle of wine is gone. <laughs> Good. <laughs> this all right, is that question's going to end the game. Uh, let's try this one uh, all right. instead. Uh, what civilian who we first met in the pilot plays music at Jake and Amy's wedding? Uh, Pontiac Bandit. No? Incorrect. Damn it. Dustin, do you have a guess? Uh, Dustin? No, uh, <laughs> Nick Cannon. No. Uh, it is Malipnos, played by Fred Armisen. Oh, um, that's true. He plays the, he plays the uh, fiddle... And claims that he's never met them. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see. Um, okay. This question... Okay, let's try this one. Um, which of the following captains have been in charge of the 9-9 at some point in the course of the series? Okay. Uh, Captain Stentley, uh, the Vulture, who is Captain something, I don't know. The Vulture. Yeah, the Vulture. No, no, hang, hang on, I'm not, I'm not done yet. But Wait, uh, you can't, which ones have? Which ones have been okay. in charge? So Captain Stentley, the Vulture, Captain McGinley, Captain Kim, Captain Dozerman. All of them. Vulture. Uh, Tori gets it. It's all of the above. No, no. It was all what of them. What do you mean, no? It was all of them. <laughs> oh, you said all of them? Oh, yeah. Thank yeah. you. All right, never mind. It was a trick question. She <laughs> got yeah. it. Yeah. I hate you. <laughs> uh, Tori wins the game. Before we, before we go, though, I want to... Uh, I want to give each of you one more question just to see if you get it. Okay. Uh, Dustin, so this is the Dustin question. Uh, what's the real name of the Pontiac Bandit? <laughs> Did we just lose him? Maybe. <laughs> Did this literally we, short we just, out his mic? We just lost Dustin. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, uh, Tori, do you know the real name of the Pontiac Bandit? Oh, my God. Um, uh, it's... 
Doug Judy. Yep, correct. Yes! Craig uh, Robinson. You did. You got it. Um, we definitely lost Dustin. He'll be back. Um, <laughs> I've, so so that, was, that was the easy bonus question, but here's your bonus question. Oh, God. Um, in order from season one to no. season six... Who won the ho- who has won the Halloween Halloween heist? We did this question earlier in the podcast. We did like episodes ago, and we all I think I wait. It was hold on. Wait, we did this on the podcast. We have done this on the podcast because there oh, okay. we fought about it. Okay. Um, well, I have the official answers. In front I know, of me, so. and now I have to remember because I <laughs> I got it right that time, and now I'm okay. like freaking out. So it was it was Jake mm-hmm. Holt. Mm-hmm. Amy. Mm-hmm. Uh and then it was Whoa, um Oh God. Terry? He won No, Terry won later, I thought. Um no, because it was what's her face? You're up to four. I'm you've up to f- you've done the first three, so you're 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 guessing for season four right now. Right. Um one of them oh shit. Terry wins one. I feel like, does Rosa win one? Well, maybe. And then, um, oh, God, what's her face that left the show? Lynetti. Yeah, Lynetti. Didn't, wasn't it Lynetti? Mm-hmm. Five. Then, was it Jake and Amy together? No, uh, well, then Terry, then Rosa. They, like, got, they got engaged. They, they didn't yeah. double winner, right? All right, so I'm going season five, Chelsea Peretti. Then, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Rosa, then Terry? But some of them don't count because they weren't Halloween heist. There was the Cinco de Mayo one. Uh, You're very close. Damn it. Um, What's the order? Between the two of you, you got it. Okay. So it went Jake, Holt, Amy, I got those. Uh, Gina was four. So you, you actually put her in the right order, but you kept saying season five, but it was okay, season Okay, but four. it was, yeah, Gina. Okay. Yeah. Uh, season five is the weird one because it's nobody because that's the engagement. That's why, okay. So technically nobody wins that Nobody one. wins. And then season six was Cinco de Mayo. That was Terry. That was Terry. Okay, yeah. so. And then season seven, we don't know yet because it hasn't happened. We don't know. Gotcha. Um, but. I was losing uh, count. But I'm proud of both of you. Uh, but to, of course, Tori's won the game despite yes, Dustin's please. cheating. Uh, Dustin, did you know the answer to the Pontiac Bandit question before we lost you? Or I did not. Oh, no. Okay, uh, Tori answered it for you, so it's fine. <laughs> what was the answer? Doug Judy. Oh, oh, of course, I said yeah. Doug Judy. No, you oh, did, did you? not. We didn't hear for you. an earlier question. In any event, Tori's won, which means that she gets to rant and or. Uh, let someone else rant or uh i don't have a rant i want to assign a rant oh can i assign the topic for the rant or do i just hand over Oh, you can assign the topic sure why not i would like dustin to in 60 (laughs) seconds or less explain why he refuses to talk about um river fest river fest manadale okay wait wait. i'm gonna gonna set the timer yep um so we'll hear the countdown thing um, all right, so so this is actually going to be just sixty seconds. So, yeah, Dustin, when you start, I will start the time. Okay, I will just say this: um, Manifest is terrible, and it's dragging me down. It's like what it, I stopped covering Trump so much because it was really toxic and it was hurting me. And the same thing happened with Manifest. But we had the guy. There's a guy on the show 
like a literal character on the show that was emailing me and saying, hey, I'm going to be in these episodes. So I was going to quit this week. And this week, the guy emailed me. He's like, hey, dude, where's your fucking manifest review? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, shit. So I ended up doing like a manifest Riverdale thing like we did on last week's podcast where I asked mm-hmm. questions, which one. But I, I, the show, it kills me to watch it right now. And I watch it on double speed. And it only takes 20 minutes. And it's still, it hurts me so much. It's such a horrible, horrible show. And that is my manifest show. That was that was like perfectly timed. That was you, perfect. you, you ended he, like right at a minute. He didn't address Riverdale. That's true. I didn't. You know what that means? That just means that uh, next time you can definitely look forward to another Riverdale I, recap from Dustin because right. he clearly is okay with that show. Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't hate Riverdale because the problem with Riverdale is it's jumped back on the tracks <laughs> and it's not as insane as it once was. Yeah, okay. it's just, yeah, it's not as, it was fun when it was bat shit, but now that right. it's not bat and shit. Now it's, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Got it. Um, you should really well, give Sabrina a shot. <laughs> well that's a show uh we went very long again not as long as we last week do. but you know long it's i should just stop being surprised and just say that this is what happens this is just how we, we this just is like intentional we meant to do this, this. yeah we, we <laughs> i hope you have to... a lot of time on your hands <laughs> look people have commutes they sure. have to drive to work or perhaps to you know on the subway or the bus or Walking Our and audience maybe is that uh, uh, Portland, Maine to Boston commuter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, then they can then go ahead and listen and catch up if they if they're behind and uh, you know when they're at a stoplight they can give us five stars on iTunes or whatever. Not that we the other... recommend being on your phone while driving. No, no, but like at a stoplight, so yeah, yeah so it's okay. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, don't don't text and drive. Or rate and drive because that's, that's but if not you're cool. going to um, right. send your thoughts about how long we're running to mm-hmm. our producer Seth at, yep. at Love Spackle on Twitter. Yep. That's true at Love Spackle L U V S P A C K L E. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's very excited to hear all of your thoughts. Yes. Can't wait. And we'll be back next week with another show. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.